Hey guys, it's Pastor Randy here with Made Free Church, Made Free Church, Idaho. Hope you guys are having a great day. I've had just the weirdest day today, man. But you know what? God's in control. I'm not. So good for good for that. Sorry about the delay, guys. Uh, internet's not really too good where I'm at. So hope you guys are okay with that. Anyways, let me turn on some music. All right. Turn this down a little bit. There we go. So, uh, you know what? Uh, it's Tuesday evening Bible study. Uh, we're going to be talking about the just and justifier, Jesus Christ, today. We're going to be in Romans 3, 25 through 26 today. So open up your words to that. Um, and I hope you guys are having a great morning. I mean, excuse me, great evening. Gosh, I'm so used to doing things in the morning. But uh, work doesn't allow me to do that anymore. So, um, Wow. Awesome, right? So I'm a little dirty, so because I just got off work. So guys, bear with me. So guys, if you guys uh, need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. That's madefreechurch.org. Uh, we have a whole intercessory prayer team that is set up. Pray over your prayer request, um, and uh, so go. There's a little prayer request tab that you can go there as well. But let's get into this, right? Let's get into this word, man. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We say thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. We just lift your holy name up high. We love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Love it. So today, we're going to resume our study uh, in Romans. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this magnificent letter to the Roman church. He did not plant this church and he did not yet visit this church, though he knew people in the church. But he wrote the letter because he wanted to clarify how God saves people. You know, see, Paul started this letter with his usual greeting in, in, in chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And yet, even in his greeting, he's already stated several times that he would cover what he would cover in, the, uh, in, the, in this letter. See, Paul stated for, uh, the major theme of this letter in Romans 16, 1, 16 through 17, which is that God provides his righteousness to sinners. Paul began the body of his letter expounding upon the universal sinfulness of mankind in chapter 1, verses 18 through chapter 3, verse 20. He also made it clear that Gentiles, as well as Jews, are sinners. All people are sinners, right? As he so eloquently stated in Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12, he says this, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. All has turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one, right? Oh, crap. There we go. So, the result of the universal sinfulness of mankind is that, that God is righteously angry with each person. Right? Paul said that in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, uh, ungodlessness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness surpasses the truth. See, recently I heard R.C. Sproul 
say uh, that he heard a well-known TV evangelist, I don't remember his name, say that he did not preach on God's wrath. He felt that people were attracted to God's love and mercy and grace and all that, you know, good stuff. But they were put off by the idea that God is angry towards them, right? The evangelist said that talking about God's wrath is not good bait to catch sinners. Guys, if we think that God is only a God of love, mercy, grace, and kindness, and not a God of wrath, holiness, and justice, we will not have an accurate view of who God is, right? Paul uh, makes, Paul's crystal clear about it. You know what I mean? He, he really, really, really is. It, you know, in, in teaching us that God is righteously angry with our sin. We, we are unrighteous, we are sinful, and we deserve God's wrath. And worse, there is nothing we can do by ourselves to remedy the situation. If God does not act on our behalf, we are without hope, guys, except for his sovereign mercy. But, you know, thank God, you know, he acted, right? God has provided a way from sinners to be saved. Then the Apostle Paul explained how God himself provided his own righteousness for sinners. Let's read uh, Romans 3. We're going to go from 21 to 26, and it says this. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets uh, bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to receive, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It, it was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. See, in Romans 21 through 26, the Apostle Paul deals with the subject of justification. In this uh, six tightly packed verses are the center of the heart, the whole letter, according to the New Testament. C.E.B. Canfield, another Old Testament scholar, with uh, 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 Leon Morris asserts that this may be possibly the most important paragraph ever written. Uh, and, and it's quite a statement, right? The Bible uses a number of different words to describe how God saves sinners. For example, the word propitiation, which is, a, which is very important to our understanding of salvation, is used only four times in the New Testament. One of those is referenced in Romans 3.25. The word reconciliation is also only in, uh, used four times in the New Testament. The word redemption is used nine times in the New Testament, although it used much more frequently in the Old Testament. I think like 17 times and yeah, it, it, and, and, and in the contemporary culture, right? 
So the Greek word for justification comes uh, from the same Greek root. It's called dike, D-I-K-E, right? And um, it's rather an important word. Remarkably, these two words are used hundreds of times in the Bible. Therefore, their frequency of the words indicate that justification is the central idea of salvation. Preachers throughout history have come to the same conclusion. For example, John Calvin, the father of the Presbyterian and Reformed Church, is called justification is this, the main hinge on which salvation turns. Right? Thomas uh, Craner, uh, the architect of the Church of England, believed that justification is, and he quotes, the strong rock and foundation of the Christian religion. And he declares, However, whoever denies this doctrine is not to be counted for a true Christian man, but an adversary of Christ. That's some pretty, pretty, pretty thick words, don't you think? So, Thomas Watson, one of the greatest Puritan uh, uh, guys, uh, said this, Justification is the very hinge and pillar of Christianity. An error about justification is dangerous. The like a defect in the foundation justification by Christ is a spring of water of life to have the poison of corrupt doctrine cast into <coughs> excuse me this spring is damnable and finally the great German reformer Martin Luther wrote this he goes when the article of justification has fallen everything has fallen this is the chief article from which all other doctrines have flowed. It alone begets, nurses, builds, preserves, and defends the church of God. And without it, the church of God cannot exist for one hour. Justification is the master and prince, the Lord and ruler, the judge over all kinds of doctrines. As James Montgomery Boyce in his, comment, in his commentary from which I'm drawing most of, most of today's material said this these statements are not extravagant they present simple truth ju because justification is indeed God's answer to the most important of all human questions how can a man or a woman become right with God we are not right with God in ourselves we are under God's wrath Justification is vital because we must become right with God or perish eternally. But what is justification? Right? You guys know what it is? I just told you. But anyway. <laughs> the word justification uh, comes from the law courts and describes an act of a judge in acquitting an accused person. As Leon Morris says, justification is a legal term indicating the process of de declaring a person righteous. See, it's important to note that the justification does not mean that that person is actually righteous. It simply means that that person is declared to be right as far as the law is concerned. The person who is justified may have broken the law. But the law has been satisfied, so the person is declared to be right with, uh, with respects to the law. James Montgomery Boyce uh, helps us understand this concept when he says this. Let me put it another way. Justification is the opposite of condemnation. We 
when we when a defendant is found to stand in the wrong relationship to the law he or she is condemned or pronounced guilty by the judge condemnation of the defendant does not make the person guilty he or she is only declared to be so in the same way the justification the person is declared to be just or in right relationship with the law but not made righteous a person could not declare righteous on the basis of his or, his or her own righteousness such a one would be pronounced innocent in a, low, uh, in, in a court of law but salvation since we have no righteousness of our own and we're not innocent we are declared righteous on the grounds of Christ's atonement let me illustrate the concept of justification I heard uh, this illustration a few years ago uh, online uh, with a guy by the name of Pastor Bishop, uh, uh, excuse me, Bishop Frank Redliff. He shared this. Imagine if, if you die. Imagine if I die, and I'm now standing in a courtroom of God, and I'm on trial before God. The charges are against me that I have broken the law of God. God is the judge, and He make and He asks if I understand the charges against me, namely that I have broken each and uh, each one of the Ten Commandments. The answer is yes. I understand the charges against me. Further, God wants to uh, wants to know if you understand that if you have broken the law at just one point, that I am guilty of death, which is which is that I will be sentenced to hell for all eternity. The answer is yes. I understand. God calls his first witness. The witness is the is the fact is in fact the law the law testifies that i have broken each one of the ten commandments many times in fact in his so many years let's say 50 years that he has broken each commandment a thousand times and as each infraction is presented i have to agree to my shame and embarrassment that i have indeed broken the law thousands of times upon thousands of times in my life God calls the next witness against me, and it, it, it's Satan. Satan testifies against me how often he got me to break the Ten Commandments. In fact, he is quite pleased with how easy it was to tempt me to break the Ten Commandments. And I have to admit that all of Satan's accus accusations against me are, uh, are true. I cannot lie. I'm in the presence of God. Finally, God calls my own conscience against me. I'm shocked. My own conscience testifies against me. My conscience testifies how sometimes I would listen, but more time that I would reject my conscience and do what pleased me. That I would then break yet another of the Ten Commandments. This happened thousands of times, more times than I could count. See, things don't look good for me. I have broken, clearly I've broken the Ten Commandments thousands upon thousands of times. And if God used the three strikes, uh, the three strikes you're out rule, I would have been sentenced to hell 50 years ago. I realize how patient God is, but I have discovered to my horror that the longer I live, the worse things get for me. The, 
pile of charges against me are enormous. God asked me, what do I have to say in my defense? God, I answer, I know that I deserve nothing but condemnation in hell. In fact, I have no merit without you and I have only the merits are far as you're concerned. But I do have one who is willing to testify on my, on my behalf. God asked, who might that possibly? After all, there is absolutely no question as to your guilt and condemnation. My sentence to hell seems to be a sure thing. God, when I was 46 years old, I realized that I was a sinner deserving of condemnation in hell. And I realized that there was nothing that I can do to save myself. And I also asked the Lord Jesus Christ if he would pay the penalty on my behalf. And to my amazement, I discovered that he would not only pay the penalty for all my sin, but he would also credit to my account his righteousness. God, I truly and sincerely believe that Jesus did that on my behalf. In fact, I'm staking my eternal destiny on Jesus' work on my behalf. So, I would ask you to hear Jesus on my behalf. God calls Jesus to step uh, forward to testify on my behalf. Jesus steps forward and testifies. When I was 46 years old, I asked him to pay the penalty for all my sins. And he did pay the penalty for every single sin of mine. All my past sins, my present sins, my future sins, and all of them. Every single one of them. He paid by dying on the cross. He credited to my uh, account all of his righteousness. So, God the Father looks at me and it says, You have indeed broken the law and you deserve to be condemned. You deserve to be sentenced to hell for all eternity. But because you have asked Jesus to pay the penalty on your behalf, and because he's done so, I therefore acquit you of all charges. In the eyes of the law, you are no longer condemned. You are justified by my grace because of Christ's work that is credited to your account. Instead of sentence you to hell, I sentence you to heaven for all eternity. And with that sentence, God stamps justified on the charge sheet, and I'm set free to, to, to enter heaven for all eternity. See, it may sound kind of extravagant, right? But that's exactly what happens, right? J.I. Uh, Packer said, Justification is truly dramatic transition from the status of condemned criminal awaiting terrible sentence to that of an heir awaiting fabulous inheritance. Guys, that is what justification is, right? Question 33 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism says this, What is justification? And the answer is, Justification is an act of God, God's free grace, wherein pardoneth all of our sins and accepteneth us as righteous in his sight, only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. Pretty intense, guys. You know what I mean? So let me conclude with a simple question. Are you justified? Are you justified by God's grace through the work of Christ, which you have received by faith? 
If not, you just you simply need to recognize that you're a sinner with a massive pile of sins against your name and ask Jesus to pay the penalty for your sin and credit his righteousness to your account. It's it's not really saying uh, uh, you know this 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 you know this little prayer and stuff, man. You know what I mean? It's just it's not inviting Christ into your heart. It's to repent and believe, and that and that's what it means: repent and believe. So this was a short Bible study. Hope you guys, you know, are are cool with that. I know it. You know. I'm so tired, um, but I, I just can't help do Bible studies. I, I love to share the Word of God. I love to be on here and share the Word of God with you guys. So, uh, just a couple more um, announcements. Guys, we're planning a church here in Idaho. We're seeking support, so please go to madefreechurch.org. Go to the Idaho Made Free Church Idaho tab and give. Um, you know, uh, we can use your guys' support. Um, you know, even if it's a dollar or whatever, we can use your guys' support. So please, thank you from the bottom of our heart for your support. And uh, guys, thank you for being here. We love, we love you guys. We're praying for you guys. And guys, if you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. And we'd love and be honored to pray with you and for you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. We love you, God. Bless our hands and feet. Bless our time with family tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great day. God bless.